also have alcohol. We have. I know. Weapons. Like, if I'm going to be put on the hot seat, I need all my wits about me. I should have had <laughs> coffee. Fair. This is my audition to see if I'll, I'll get invited back. Enemies to lovers. Hey, and welcome to Enemies to Lovers, the podcast where Alex and Shay, two former college roommates who went from enemies to, to lovers. lovers. This podcast explores dating, polyamory, queerness, and ethical non monogamy. We also feature guests that ask us questions and share their stories. So keep an open mind. Please subscribe. And as always, stay curious. Disclaimer, this is not an educational podcast. We will be sharing our personal experiences and share resources at the end of the episode. Enemies to lovers. Today, we'll be chatting with our guest, Steve. He is married with kids and has been practicing polyamory longer than we have. So we have questions. Ooh, Get I ready to be... Uh, I hope. We got the spotlight. Interrogation, so. interrogation an station. Who's the bad cop? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you agree to that way too quickly. So, Alex, can you give us a little background on your relationship with Steve? Yeah. So we met originally, was it two years ago? Yeah. Three years ago? Two years ago? Frolicon. Frolicon. Like I feel like we mentioned Frolicon in every episode. <laughs> we do. They should. Hey, Frolicon sponsors. Thanks. <laughs> Please. No, uh, we met at Frolicon, our first Frolicon that podcast got and I went to. And we had noticed so podcast god and steve have the same hair <laughs> so we noticed from afar the curls and uh, approached to take a photo and then we became friends and that was we, actually my first frolicon too yeah so it was very serendipitous we kind of and then we kind of like started being in the kink scene more and seeing each other around so we were kind of each other's like oh i know this person yeah were you guys all close during this meeting Actually, we were. We were. <laughs> yeah. Shocking for Frolicon. Very sharply dressed, though. I remember, like, uh, I was wearing a pink seersucker suit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were wearing a suit. Dang. Dude, yeah. we need to dig up this photo and put well, it I got on it. the screen. I got <laughs> you, it. Oh, you got yeah, it. I do. Of course I do. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Questions? Yeah. So, <laughs> how long have you been in polyamory? Ooh, that's a hard one to say. Like, where do you start? Oh, I'm going to give you, like, a lot of... Uh, well, it depends how you think about it. Or No, give us the whole journey. I want to say, like, theoretically, maybe, like, eight years or so. Um, and, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes you meet people and they, they say, like, oh, I've always known I've been poly even before the term. That wasn't me. I was, like, a hopeless mm -hmm. romantic. Like, I would have a girlfriend in high school, break up three weeks later, and be like, oh, I found the new love of my life. And then break <laughs> up. And then, once again, you know, rinse and repeat. I mean, it was terrible. most serial monogamous are actually poly. Well, yeah. And in my case, it was more like I was seeing it from uh, like sci-fi, fantasy, trying to think of like, you know, different ways to do society and stuff. And I remember mm -hmm. reading uh, Brave New World and like one of the critiques was I'm like. I'm not sure you should take a life advice from Brave New World. Oh, I, I, well, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying you should. This is not an educational podcast, we should say. So, this is know. not words again. And an also, just because I interpret something really skewed doesn't mean that uh, that's the right way to interpret yeah, it. Yeah, you're really that concept of Brave New World and just went the other direction. Well, it's funny because the critique was like, you know, this new scenario that nobody belonged to anybody. Inhabitants were like encouraged to like essentially sleep around. And like that was supposed to be the critique, right? Like saying like, oh, you shouldn't be seeking that after. And I thought, why not? <laughs> You're like, like wait, there... actually, this is really arbitrary. You're right. <laughs> I was like, isn't this kind of nice that like we don't belong to anybody? Isn't like a beauty in there? No and I think it just, just like 
I said, just questioning things like, okay, like, why do we have to do things a certain way? So I want to say like that probably like really started on these journey of like hypotheticals and I don't know, just being bored. Too. I can't judge. I figured out Polly was a thing through like fan fiction. I was like, I'm going to cheat on my boyfriend so I can try pussy. <laughs> <laughs> See, being a nerd protects you. Yeah. We're, we're more ethical. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been married? Just to kind of get a timeline. <laughs> so uh, technically we kind of like sort of eloped in 2013. Get the kind of sort of. Kind of sort of because uh, I'm a foreign national, green card marriage, expedite mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm. then we had like the big like church wedding with families involved like a year later. So mm-hmm. 2013. So it's been a minute. Oh, yeah. Almost 10 years. So you ago. entered this together, basically. We did. And in some ways, like we were both always like, I don't know, like, feminist like just trying to like you know non-conformist to society and stuff always saying like why not you know fuck the patriarchy exactly exactly in that case why did you decide to do the traditional like marriage and kids thing well is that traditional i think part of it is pretty traditional it's pretty traditional i think like uh part of it was like i always imagine myself having kids like one way or the other uh in terms of marriage like uh, i mean i would say like Marriage can be such a loaded word because it can mean so many different things to different people. You know, mm-hmm. like it can be like something that's very oppressive, but at the same time, it could be something like a way to like symbolize or like formalize this union. So, um, tax benefits. It's interesting that you yeah, say that. tax <laughs> benefits. I mean, or even like, or even healthcare benefits, right? Yeah. yeah. Like some companies yeah. don't recognize any sort of union, some yeah. do. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was just for health insurance alone, that's. Good enough and reason. taxes. Don't forget yeah. taxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, Podcast God and I got married like two years ago after we had been together for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And for us, I mean, for me, it's always, I've never really cared about getting married. But yeah. it really was like taxes, health insurance, being able to buy a house more easily together, like all that stuff. There's certain like a lot of like, like there's a certain symbolism to it. But like I said, it the meaning varies differently from different folks. I don't necessarily agree with how some people might, you know, like define it themselves. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like some might argue like, oh, it's a, a religious definition, but then there's also the legal definition. So whether mm-hmm. you believe it or not, well, there's still the legality behind it, right? So. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So can you give some um, background about your relationship with your wife and how that topic generally came up and how you officially decided to open the relationship? Oof. Okay. The true origin story. The truth. So I kind of hinted it back earlier. Like a lot of elements in our relationship was like very like feminist, anti-practical like approach to things. I remember like one time we were dating, um, I think uh, I was at UGA, grad school. She was living in Birmingham. Uh, and Some of the Alabama people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, uh, go Blazers, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, what was funny is that remember like Halloween, <laughs> Birmingham people, you get it. But uh, I remember like, for example, like it was Halloween. We spent, I think it was probably in Athens uh, together and we celebrated. Was, I mean, we had a good time at our party, whatever. But then like the actual Halloween itself was in the middle of the week. I was in Athens. She was in Birmingham. Well, by the way, uh, I guess my nesting partner's name is Allison. Um, so is she okay with being mentioned? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but thank you for checking. I really appreciate it. Um, but I remember like middle of the week and she had like this really sexy like Nike outfit that she had made with like this, you know, um, 
this helm and everything. I mean, she just looked amazing. And she said, ah, it's a shame. Like I can't go out and like wear this again. And I remember thinking like, I'm like, why not? Well, she was like, well, you're not here. I'm like, that shouldn't stop you from going out. And then like, mm -hmm. oh, well, what if somebody sees me? Well, so what? Like, I mean, you're not like, I trust you. You're not going to do anything or, or whatnot. And, but it, you know, what if it comes back to me? Like, well, you can tell them that I know you're out. It's fine. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, and just like little elements like that just pepper throughout our relationship. But I think fast forward, you know, she was kind of like starting this new job, new role. There was a lot of like personal growth in that experience that she was having. Um, in some ways she was having these moments where like a lot of her male coworkers were being like very emotional, vulnerable, just because mm -hmm. of the kind of interesting she was. And um, she felt like she was connecting with them. And we were just having like these discussions of like, isn't it kind of like a little bit weird that maybe like in some ways you're connecting intimately mm -hmm. emotionally with these folks and maybe who's to say like it could be even more uh intimately than maybe their spouses but yet like physicality is where we draw the line or maybe some might say that oh that's emotional mm -hmm. cheating and like like hell no yeah. you shouldn't be doing that but then we start asking like who draws the line like where do mm -hmm. you place it like who decides what goes forward and what doesn't and it just seemed like a very very arbitrary for something that was in some ways happening kind of like organically. Mm. So I think that just started like this huge um, snowball of like questioning things and talking more about it and stuff. And then I don't know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm a recovering academic PhD <laughs> researcher. So, and also a little bit ADD. And then I started like focusing on like, <laughs> Ethical nominogony and like all these different aspects. So I was like reading all these books to Allison's uh, benefit because I would give her the cliff note versions you of it. Read and a we lot started like books. talking about it. I mean, I'm a geek. What are you going to say? <laughs> I might pass as a normal person most of the time. <laughs> That's up for debate. Damn, but um, yeah, so like that kicked things off. I don't say like maybe that was 2017, 2018. All right. So, and then, um, Pre-pandemic. Oh my god, I'm still on the origin story. Sorry, it's taking forever. No, no, this is great. This and then is I remember, longer. like, oh, like looking at different apps. If it's boring, we can always cut it later. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then I remember, like, trying to look for different apps because apps weren't popular when Allison and I started dating. I mean, you could do kind of online dating. What it was, was the on year? the website. It was 2010 or so. Yeah. There was an okay. eHarmony. It was so kind of like online when we were juniors in high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm old. I'm almost 40. So <laughs> you are almost 40. <laughs> Hopefully I look good for my You're age. You're an elder millennial. Elder millennial. So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, it was kind of like this new thing, like what do we do and everything and start off with OkCupid because essentially, Classroom. you know, you could say, you could, one of the few options to let you know back then was that you were like non-monogamous and you can look really? up a class Wait, on too. OkCupid? Yeah. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, like I met with a lot of folks, I was so interested. And in, I think what happens with a lot of poly folks is like, you know, you like, oh my god, I've seen the light. Oh my god, you've seen the light. And all of a sudden, you feel like everybody's kind of like in the same boat, but now realizing that you still have differences, you still got, right. you know, like you're not even poly in the same way. Exactly. Yeah. And I went on a bunch of like one-off dates just to have coffee. I mean, it was I met nice people, but never really clicked or connected. Mm -hmm. And I also made fun of me because she would say. <laughs> I was pretty much like doing a PhD dissertation on like people's poly origin story. 
Just like taking right notes and comparing notes. So what you're saying is, right we need to hire you as a writer for the podcast. Oh, I don't know how to write. It took me forever to get my PhD. We need to hire you as a researcher for the podcast. Okay, oh, that's better. Here we go. Consultant. Might consultant? Be pod consultant? More, more appropriate. There we go. You do yeah. look like podcast gods, so you've got yeah, that going. There you go. Enemies to lovers. And then, you know, we had to take a step back because then at that point, our second, got pregnant, second daughter was born. Obviously, COVID was happening and everything, but once yeah. the COVID restrictions let up, it's kind of like the floodgates finally open, and Allison and I hit it with like yeah. full force. So you already had some of the vocabulary and terminology even before COVID. So it's yeah, you've really yeah. been talking about it. For and like, years. I'm a big geek. I love some of the terminology. I love that aspect that you can be so specific about it. Unfortunately, then you also end up with people, you know, using the word wrong. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like, there's certain beauty in the all the terms that mm. exist because there's so much nuance and you can be so specific with language but at the same time like as you put it on certain labels it can also be so limiting because you're like trying to fit into this one parameter mm. but in reality like you might fit multiple things together right so speaking of labels and types of polyamory do you and your wife consider yourselves hierarchical we would say we lean more towards relationship anarchy or mm. we want to i think explain I mean, what you mean by that and in what way Ah, uh, so, oof, man, that's a. Heavy I mean, question. you wanted to provide nuance. Wait, no, 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 that's I'm all what for you're it. doing. I'm all for it. So, like, a lot, let's dive in. What we've noticed sometimes, our experience with hierarchy is that, oftentimes, when you have like, oh, you have a primary, then you have a secondary, and you know, when you're using secondary term, like, I can, it's almost implied, like, hey, you're like a second class citizen or something, mm -hmm. and there have been some situations in which, like, either Ali or I, like, all of a sudden, the other person has to like put their poly exploring on pause and all of a sudden it's like oh let me put you on the shelf here while yep. i go <laughs> try yep. to figure my stuff out and like that seems like so disrespectful mm -hmm. that happens so much and it sucks uh <laughs> sucks pretty bad because mm -hmm. like it's i don't know you, in some ways you feel like you're not truly like as a person like right. you already had this dynamic this you relationship were an like you were saying yeah another yeah yeah it's so she had a similar experience with it's it's terrible so like what we say with the relationship anarchy is like we want to treat each relationship separately with mm -hmm. its own more let, let it grow organically as it's supposed to be you know kind of like have your own expectations of an understanding of like what needs mm -hmm. are being met and having that constant communication like you know as independent as you can with the other ones granted mm -hmm. you know like the fact that you know, Alice and I were nesting partners. We have two daughters. Mm -hmm. We share finances. We share a house. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could argue, oh, there's a, a certain inherent, you know, like hierarchy privilege, there. But yeah. not to the point where like trying to completely exclude somebody right. else. Like at the same time, like I don't want to like assume just because I don't have a plan on a Thursday afternoon mm -hmm. or evening that, oh, she's available to like, right. you know, watch some trash TV with me or something. Yeah. Right now it's, uh, you know, Love Island. Sorry, not sorry. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, like now that we've been so we've been poly, all these shows take on a whole new life. Oh yeah, it's that's the episode we want to do is talking about like things like The Bachelor. Like, oh, how would up. this Love do? Is blind. If Please. people were just all poly, yes, yes, <laughs> we gotta have all you the, back. That's what we're figuring out. Love triangles and everything, just like married just at first. Love. There's right. such an easy solution, people. It's Come fun. on. <laughs> Until you Maybe. get polysaturated, yeah. Maybe not easy, but the solution is viable. Enemies to lovers. So going back to the story, okay, Cuba never really like clicked, you know, until with a couple of folks. A few dates, a few of them like just ended up being like pretty PG, the ones that were multiple dates. But then it wasn't until like 
field eventually came out and that mm. seemed especially more at the beginning now it seems more like on the swinger side of mm. things really, heavy. there's yeah. so many swingers on that uh it wasn't at, the, at first first it was most like kink yeah. and, and poly yeah. folks which and, is nice which was nice and it was kind of nice to like both ellie and i like got to make a lot of connections and stuff mm -hmm. and make some meaningful relationships yeah i mean stuff that even though some of them have ended or de-escalated like they really have shaped or in some ways i would say like, even validate and confirm like no like this is we're good on this path it's mm -hmm. been a net positive sure there's been some heartache but there's been so much personal growth yeah. that like i feel i'm way better person and all my relationships have benefited just from like the benefits or the skills that are required to be like good at being poly for example mm. like you know being, being better at communicating um being able to like express your emotions or even get articulate what it is that you're feeling mm -hmm. or even like helping coping mechanisms of like okay like i'm getting too flustered maybe i need like you know take a time yeah. out step back and more importantly like managing expectations don't like just things to be assumed but communicating more openly with people yeah just, also mm -hmm. side note the first couple of times I hung out with you, and I think I told you this, I was like, and this might be because you're also just older than me, but I was like, you're so stable. <laughs> you are so, uh, like, you're... I just hide it well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that. Give me yeah, hope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, I, I really look up to you and your wife because you really do portray a type of polyamory that I want to have <laughs> or want to live. I don't know how to say that, but... Um, really, because you treat people ethically, you're you're empathetic, and then you also have the family with the kids and everything, and you just balance it all. And I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, well, how many times did I have to like reschedule this? And like, how late was That's I true. here this coming you tonight? Got right? You got here eventually. <laughs> you were sick. I, I did have my doctor's note. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> enemies to lovers, lovers, lovers. <laughs> All right, jumping back in. So I had a couple of questions, follow-up questions. Um, okay, have you and Ali ever considered, like, if if another partner gets to a point where they want to become a nesting partner, is that an option you're open to? Oh, yeah. We're, yeah? We, we deal with all kinds of, like, hypotheticals. But, yeah, like, that would be kind of nice. Actually, I think one of our deals would be, like, almost having, like, this commune you know dude we talk about yes we talk about this all the time and, and like we take advantage of like each other's specialty and stuff obviously that's kind of what yeah. it's felt like with you visit because this yeah. is the second time she's been here for the yeah. podcast she's here for like two weeks and honestly like isn't that like the beauty of it like i think like i was reading you know well one of the many books but like essentially untrue by wednesday martin <laughs> amazing book by the way but like you know we're just gonna have like a list of steve's resources we should. yes <laughs> bottom of this podcast but uh, ultimately it's like you know kind of creating this sense of like what we're missing a lot nowadays is like the sense of like community and connection and like Found social stability family. and stuff and essentially like mm -hmm. this chosen family that we have is like mm -hmm. how can we not make it into like a community right mm -hmm. like yeah. yeah so yes to answer your question we would be open to that uh not have found a suitable candidate yet mm -hmm. but at the same time like trying to invite somebody in with when you have like a six and a half and two and a half year old mm -hmm. i mean it might be a little bit uh makes it complicated well more like on their part like it's a little bit no sure. yeah. little sleep little chaos but if you're into that i mean hey. <laughs> wait yeah. backing up are your are you and your wife currently partnered with other people yes um, okay, I assume the answer is no from everything you've said, but do you and or your wife have veto power? No, we don't have explicit veto power. Like, um, we would like to think that, first off, it kind of creates a weird 
power, power imbalance mm-hmm. yeah power dynamic. i think so yeah and like i mean if you're gonna go all nuclear and try like give veto and like i feel like there's stuff that needs to be addressed and unpacked i That's i want to say like it's more like you know if one of us has concerns about someone you know who we're dating with and we share like a lot almost like the level of like like best friend like mm. we consider each other's best like hype person but like you know we i would listen i would listen to them you know like i say like most of the time like i don't care what people think but i do care what allison thinks throwing in a quick definition here for our newer listeners veto power essentially is if you know you're a couple and you can tell your partner i don't want you to date that person anymore and that's it they have to cut off the relationship. it's not like a suggestion it's just straight up you're dumping him. Right. So the other partner doesn't have any input really in that yeah. situation. Yeah. And that sucks. Like I said, apart from the weird balance, obviously if I do have some concerns about who my partner is seeing, like I'll raise them and mm-hmm. well, you know, we talk it, we'll talk about it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It seems like a lot of relationships, a lot of dynamics, it's really, it's never binary. It's never like, that's good. This is bad. It's more mm-hmm. like, you know, like, oh, this might be triggering. Oh, let's explore why that might be triggering. And just kind of like figuring out, like, you know, what what, what are your concerns? Yeah. Yeah. God back. knows that podcast God knows. Yeah. Tried so hard to give and you I, feedback on certain people and, and failed. At one point earlier this year, for context. Safe word. All of my partners wanted me to break up with one particular partner. Okay. <laughs> I also told you to Yes, break Shane included, even though you weren't even like. Oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, see, like, but. You didn't have to exercise it, right? I didn't. Yeah. And for the longest time, I was like, fuck you all. And and, usually, <laughs> and then you realized we were right. And then I realized it was toxic. <laughs> I'll ask myself a follow-up question to that. Which is so funny because he, first time meeting after we had broken up. Yeah. You were there at the munch? We were. Yeah. That was how was How was that vibe? That was <laughs> not even awkward. Just weird. <laughs> I mean, I so but, wish I got to see that. But uh, but you had a couple of girlfriends there, like helping you. Out yeah, yeah. Kind of like helping you. Yeah. Not be tempted by. Mm-hmm. Wait, was Lily there? No, you don't know them. So do you think? I'll do a follow up question to my own question about veto power and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think also sometimes that you know, like, oh, what ground rules do you have and everything? Mm-hmm. And you know, when you read, <laughs> or when one reads. Anything about Polly and stuff when I read, you know, like <laughs> earlier, like suggested, like, oh, make sure you have like all these ground rules and everything else and blah, blah, blah. You know, as I started to work on these and stuff and trying to like, you know, suggest them to like Allison and then like obviously getting some like pushback, rightfully so, come to realize, honestly, like every time that I was coming up with the rule, it was really because like there was some insecurity tied to it. What Something, kind of rules? Like let's examples. Say, you know, um, I don't know, like, Anything from, you know, sexual positions or types of sex and everything else, like anything like that oh, was... Oh, that's specific. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not like, do doggy with anyone else. Yeah, like <laughs> anything came with that. I was like, okay, like why is that? Why don't you want your partner to do that? Kind of like right. unpacking like where it's coming from. And, you know... This is why I say you're stable. <laughs> but I mean, that's what happens with like Polly, right? Like one way or the other, like all your insecurities are coming to the surface and like you're really... You know, like if you don't address it, it's just going to get mm-hmm. worse. But like the list of rules that we're coming up with was essentially also, you know, like insecurities or issues that needed to be addressed. So yeah. it actually became like a list of like, mm-hmm. oh, let's talk these things out and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's been fascinating. Like we try to like step away from like hard, fast rules because at the same time, like a lot of it's context, a lot of like situation and partner related. Mm-hmm. Like it's more like 
trying to have like certain guidelines and mm. stuff and even trying to be like somewhat theoretical or like utopic of like mm-hmm. we're thinking about the greater good like I think what like, if this were to happen type of or, thing? or like guidelines that like that couldn't be knocked down like i remember like one of them was like don't be a homewrecker <laughs> all right <laughs> that seems like it okay. should be a very like clear yeah. like rule and stuff <laughs> But I, I can't tell you, like, how many people that, like, I've either, like, gone on a date or started dating and then, like, all of a sudden just leading to a divorce. I might have been, like, a little bit of the catalyst there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like, just because, you know, being exposed to maybe to a little bit more, like, open communication, more thoughtful consideration, understanding that maybe they were being poly or um, E&M under duress, mm-hmm. opening up, like, them opening up their eyes, all of a sudden, like, they're going through divorce. So, yeah. essentially, let's, does that make Break me the homebreaker? Are- I'm like, here I am, mm-hmm. like breaking marriages since 2021. Like, I don't know. like <laughs> Since 2021. Established 2021. <laughs> so like, you know, it, it, it kind of like kind of shifts on how you look at things. What's the intent of the rule? What's the reason behind it? Is it insecurity? And then like even like some of these lofty ideals, like come to realize like sometimes you can't even meet those. Mm-hmm. For sure. They're like super abstract. I also yeah. think the insecurities thing is not necessarily what would kill a poly relationship. If the both parties really want polyamory, yeah. the insecurities won't be the thing Mm-mm. that makes them go like, I'm going to close a relationship right. or we're going to break up. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because whenever you talk about polyamory in front of monogamous people, especially coupled monogamous people, a lot of the times they'll say, well, I could never do that. Yeah. I would get too jealous. They take it as a an attack on their relationship. Well, it is. And and that's yeah. something that we've also learned. Like, I remember when we were starting this journey a little bit early, like, we're going to be, like, almost, almost – I wish there was a better word to say this, but, like, almost, like, out and proud about it. Mm-hmm. You're, like, not being shy. Yeah. But then, like, came to realize, like, to your comment, like, you know, as we were sharing this with some folks, the first reaction is for them to feel insecure. Or like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like it was their insecurities right. that they were trying to throw back at us, and very quickly realizing that you know the moment we share this with some folks, like we're putting a burden on them and like expecting them to do some sort of like emotional work to kind of like understand it. And more to that point, at the same time, like they might be in some relationship where like they don't feel comfortable even talking about their own sexuality with their partner, mm-hmm. which is yeah. effed up for one thing. But all of a sudden, yeah. like, it happens. Sh- it happens. Yeah. And it's a lot more common than, than others. And, and, um, oh, sorry, what was going with this? Uh, but monogamy, monogamous couples, insecurities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the honor proud. So, so we had like, we had like, we were not shy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always happy to talk about it and mm-hmm. stuff, but we're not well, like, you're here. So I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not like just like actively, like, you know, announcing it to like any chance we get because by us sharing all of a sudden, like, makes the other person. I'm not, not so much uncomfortable, but like it's making them question like their own reality. And mm-hmm. Some people they don't yeah. want to be disturbed. <laughs> it's it, it's really fascinating when that happens because immediately anytime I tell someone else them EM or in poly, they immediately go like, oh, I can never do that because I would get jealous or like yep. I don't like to share. Yeah. Which is I think those are the two only things I've ever heard. Like which, mm-hmm. which is it's never been any other reason. I'm no, like, look, dude, you don't need to justify. I went your on a date with me. a girl once. This was a couple years ago. Um, and I told her I was polyam or ENM, I don't remember the word I used. And the whole day, like a three hour dinner, she was just like, But like, why though? Yeah. Like, is one person just not enough for you? <laughs> she was it's, just really offended by me yeah. being poly. It, it, what's also <laughs> interesting is like, 
you know, oftentimes folks, whenever you hear this, like, I'm like, oh, so you're swingers. I'm like, uh, no, not I'm like, quite. <laughs> you know, like it, there's their own subset of it and stuff. And, you know, like they kind of have their own little stereotypes and dynamics and everything else. But like, this is like just one of the mini flavors and stuff. So, yeah. Which side note, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is not an educational podcast. <laughs> but ENM, <laughs> ENM is an umbrella under which there are a lot of different types of ethical non-monogamy. And I would say swingers is one type, polyamory is another type, and they're different. They're, I mean, it's some, more like a spectrum. Right. It, some it people can be both. Some yeah. people can be one or the they other. But it overlaps. Venn diagram right. situation. There's a lot of, yeah, Venn diagram. At the same time, like, you know, like, I'm trying to, like, maybe shift away from like using ethical nominality because like, like who's ethics, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's almost, I feel like I'm more comfortable with consensual nominators. Like when you have two people, like they're consensually like mm-hmm. actively participating when you talk about ethics, academic. it seems like it's what someone else thinks about you. It's almost like they're imposing their own, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I know there's been stuff. like a big debate in the community about whether or not we should drop ethical. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good reminder it's yeah, I, I, I view true. it functionally as a synonym for like healthy. Yeah, I, I think it is, especially because like oftentimes you hear other folks say like, "Oh, you know, like I've cheated on my last couple of girlfriends. I think I might be poly." I'm like, "No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if you're cheating, that's independent of whether you're like monogamous right. or like poly. Like you can still have cheating." So, Alex, poly, yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Looking at looking. At hey now, hey now. Feeling called out because I'm not yeah. the only one calling you out. I do like calling you out. <laughs> but, I mean, I do have a degradation. Ooh, we should define relationship oh, anarchy. Okay. Relationship anarchy. Oh, like backing up Ooh. to. I mean, like, I don't want to get it wrong, but I, I like to this think This is of, not an educational podcast. No, but we'll give you some resources so you can educate yourself. <laughs> exactly. Um, I want to say, like, relationship anarchy is more of a, more of an approach. Like, more of, like certain guidelines that specify like each relationship that you establish, you know, like should be determined by the the people involved in it. Right. So you can have a lot of like those same principles in poly or swinging anything else. And if anything, or any kind of other relationship for that matter, I think it depends on the relationship anarchist Mm -hmm. mugshot is a relationship anarchist. He's shitty at it. Anyways, (laughs) have you read, have you read the manifesto though? Like it's pretty simple. Like it's not that. No, there's a manifesto. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Let me pull it out right now. No, actually. No, I, yeah, let's, no, let's I, I don't know. Like, how not, long is it? Oh, there, please. There it's it's like a five minute read. Like it's super simple, super basic. But it's We um, can do an episode on that. Okay. <laughs> There's also the like secondaries bill of rights, although I think that was written by a problematic person, so uh, maybe not. Mm. Yeah. Also that's the sad thing about you know online and stuff. And we're clearly saying this is not an educational podcast, but a lot of folks all of a sudden they feel like they have a platform and you know just give themselves enough authority so yeah caveat we have no authority but we do have merch (laughs) if anyone would like a calendar for 2024 to keep up with your life all your poly partners and dates we are selling calendars and other merch and stickers like birthday cards if anyone would like merch we have a website www.enemiestoloverspodcast.com with sexy calendars, beautiful mugs, stickers. Look how cute we are. Buy it. Thank you. Enemies to lovers.
And back to the content. Did you like my segue? And all proceeds will go into funding further shenanigans. <laughs> yes. So do you, do you think it's do you think people not actually let me drink some orange juice and then rephrase that entire <laughs> sentence? Pause. Enemies to lovers. We're all foreign. Which here. by the way, where are you from originally? <laughs> originally from Honduras. Nice. Yeah. We're very international. We're very international. And then whatever Podcast God is. Podcast God is adopted. So we don't know. (laughs) Anyways, do you think some people have a hard time buying into the fact that you're like relationship anarchist because you're married with kids? Do they think like, okay, like clearly the kids will take priority. Your nesting partner will take priority. Like, how are you a relationship anarchist? Well, I mean, it seems a little bit like a loaded question. I think in one way, like, anarchy, That's what we like do a here. lot of people feel like, oh, like, there's no rules and all this stuff. But, like, but why can't I? At the same time, like, you mentioned, like, my spouse and my daughters, right? But, like, essentially, like, it's not just one relationship there. It's, like, I have three relationships there. Mm-hmm. Right. One with my, you know, destiny partner. One with each of my, like, daughters. Um, at the same time, like, I want to say, like, there's a triage of like priorities um, that need to be established and stuff. Like obviously if one of them gets sick and stuff, like I'm a guy that might have to like cancel a date. Like Mm -hmm. that's understandable. But at the same time, like if I have a partner and like they're going through like a really rough time, like, Hey, like I don't mind like staying up till the wee hours of the morning, like talking on the phone. So, uh, I mean, I want to say like, obviously we look at the smorgasbord of like relationship, anarchy, smorgasbord, Obviously, there's a lot more bubbles that I feel with my nesting partner just because of the fact that we're cohabitating. Mm -hmm. But, like, that doesn't, like, minimize the importance or significance of other relationships, too. Yeah, I think a lot of people who are, like, starting poly or interested in ENM have a hard time understanding that they can be a priority as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. they look at, like, people who are already partnered. Like, I'm currently single. Like, I entered poly as a single person. Mm -hmm. So... It's been very fascinating to me, like seeing how different couples and different partnered people like handle. Mm-hmm. And, and it is interesting it. too, because I think ultimately when it comes to besides the priority and the interest is really like, you know, the availability of time and flexibility. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, the fact that, I, you know, my daughters are so young does really like affect my, my flexibility yeah. and, and it shows. Um, so... You know, like uh, I said, like I've I've texted with some folks who are more on the solo poly side, and you know they're like, ah, I don't like dating married men or married people because yeah. like one, sometimes they feel like you know hierarchy is immediately like implied or or practice, and two, obviously because you know my my time is my time is limited. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like that's something you get with anyone that's poly, right? Because most people are dating multiple partners so regardless no one's going to be your everything no one's going to take up every moment of your day but at the same token it's interesting because even though like i do feel like my time is very limited and stuff like you know some of the partners i do have they feel like i if anything that i do have a lot of flexibility Mm -hmm. part of it is just you know being like organized and i think now would be a nice segue into your poly weekend planner if anyone needs a polyamory planner (laughs) damn okay you're good we gotta keep him Um, we have a planner on our website www.enemiestoloverspodcast.com that's two the number two not the word i promise Um, we're done advertising a planner so if you want to figure out because some people like to say weekly this day's for this partner this day's for this partner or if you just want to have a sheet for every week 
order on our website. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Look at us go. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. More questions. More yes. questions. Keep them coming. Uh, and this, it's funny because I know the answers to some of these just because we've talked before. <laughs> um, what do you do? Do you introduce your partners to your kids and what do you tell them? Yes. We're open to it. Um, actually, for me, I think asking someone who has a kid if they're open to like meeting partners is also like very indicative of like their headspace in the area. Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, they're, if someone's like closed off to their partners ever meeting their kids, you know, like you got to do a little bit on digging there. There's normally like a lot of shame, a lot of stuff happening and stuff. And, and I think I've seen that happen with some of the folks that I dated who, you know, primarily identify as swingers. Mm-hmm. But I feel like folks who primarily identify as poly, they're like, no, like let's be straightforward and stuff. Um, no, like, um, like, you know, not opposed to it. Um, interested in my friends. I mean, just like mm-hmm. any other friend, like, uh, just a family friend, you know, oh, okay. at the same time we've had, I've had, we've hosted, um, you know, had like a partner spend the night, you know, it's, mm. it's not been, it's not been an issue. Um, and I honestly, I think like it's normalizing it for them. Uh, yeah. as I read some books to my daughters, like, it's interesting, like some of these elements of like polyamory, like are in their books. I feel like in some mm-hmm. ways society, if anything, tries to like stump it out, <laughs> Like some mm-hmm. of these basic tenets about like just, you know, being respectful, you know, understanding like you can have, you know, it's okay for like daddy to have female friends or daddy to have other connections and stuff and everything mm-hmm. else. And we don't shy away from the fact like, oh, daddy's going out on a date or mommy's going on a date or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, mommy's going to go out of town or whatever. Like, yeah. So oh, okay. do you think once they get older, you'll talk more about what polyamory is or do you think you'll just see if they ask you questions or i think we'll try to make it as age appropriate as we can Mm -hmm. um also not shy away from the question the tricky thing about the question is that i feel like you should answer the question that they ask not necessarily give any more info Mm -hmm. because sometimes you like you don't know where their mindsets are but that is Mm -hmm. the same thing with anything with like related to sex education Mm -hmm. or 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 anything else Mm -hmm. um yeah because at the same time like you know, we want to normalize that there are other options. Mm. And honestly, like, it would be a real shame, especially, you know, when I think about, like, some of these people that I've dated who have that shame and would never want to share the, this with their own kids regardless mm-hmm. of their age. It's like, you've done so much work. You have so much life experience. And here you are pretty much saying, like, that you don't want to share that with mm. your children. Like, why not? Like, let them decide. And to be honest, like, they are going to pick up something. Yeah. I mean, they are going to notice something. And if anything, you try to keep it away from them. And it just seems like, I don't know, like you're, you're hiding who you, who you are to someone. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. like you have to like absolutely share everything. Just keep it age yeah. appropriate, but you know, just be yeah. straightforward. No, that's a cool But that's just how I see it. Once again, not an educational show. Have you found in this process or just in general, any good polyamory resources for people with kids or are there any even? I mean, there's some episodes that you might pick up like i think multi-amory might mm-hmm. touch up oh, on parenting and stuff um there's actually some books that maybe weren't written to be intentionally for polyamory but are mm-hmm. really good um oh, i'm forgetting the name but it, it's like gerald the elephant and piggy like we'll put it in the show notes we'll put it in the show notes because it's actually a great book i, yeah. I honestly like all adults should read it because it's like 
it helps address the whole jealousy thing, to be honest, that a lot of people bring to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, I'm like, oh my God, like this breaks it down so simple. Kids can understand it. Like, Mm -hmm. why do we make such a big deal? Hello, adults, should read it. Yes. (laughs) I like that. Um, Did you grow up kind of going into growing up and just your culture being from Should I ask a question? Sure. (laughs) Go for it. Go for it, (laughs) co-host. You got this. Actually, uh, going back to to the kid thing, would it be a possibility for, like, if you get super serious with another partner, for them to, like, become a nesting partner and become, like, a potential parent to one of Mm -hmm. your kids? Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? Another parental figure for my daughters? Yeah. I mean, yeah. How is that? That wouldn't be that much more different than having like an aunt or a grandparent living nearby and mm. spending that that time. Right? Commune. Like, yeah. And would you be open to having a child with another partner? Well, I full disclosure did have a vasectomy. So right. <laughs> I, 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 I like I am really more than happy with the two girls that I have. But on the hypothetical side of things, with my nesting partner, like you know, she hasn't done anything. We've talked about like. Hey, would this be what happens like, if she gets pregnant? what happens if this happens? Yeah. You know, I'm like, my biggest issue is like, I don't want to put like the time and investment of like raising a, a baby from like that one year to two year because like that is mm-hmm. super exhausting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's really like my biggest obstacle just having to go through the baby phase, again. I have to go to the baby phase. But like, hey, <laughs> if, I, if I can delegate to somebody else that, like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm solid. <laughs> that's, that's what the molecules yeah. are. So you would like become nesting partners and like share finances and like procreation with like the right yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it it would have to be the right person, right? This of is course. the big F. Yeah, the big F. Like so hypothetically speaking, yes, like mm-hmm. that's something we've we've discussed among other things. Yeah, For among sure. what things? Like <laughs> travel, like yeah. traveling abroad, like uh, you know. Oh, have you ever a... traveled abroad with another partner? No, but hypothetically, I have. <laughs> Hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, you will. Hypothetically, it's all it's all kosher. Realistically, you can. <laughs> if anything, it's even more convenient uh, to be honest. Like just handling the logistics and stuff makes makes mm-hmm. sense. And you know. yeah, yeah. What do you think about the concept of like couples privilege? Do you think you and your wife have it? What do you mean, like couples privilege? Have you heard the term before? I'm not entirely familiar. Wow, we found a term. I, mean, we found a term that I don't want to guess what it means. I mean, but like, couple, it's kind of along the lines of hierarchy, but couples' yeah. privileges, you're a couple, and there are certain things that inherently will make an outside partner feel less than just because of the depth of your relationship if you if you were a couple first. Well, it's like yeah. a good example. Maybe a lot. No, I, I can get it. It makes sense because at the same time, like, you have all this history, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's this couple's, you know, privilege and stuff. But at the same time, like, there's some elements where, like, a new relationship has that the older one doesn't, right? Like, that NRE. The relationship, the relationship energy, energy is strong. Totally different. Not mm-hmm. to mention, like, at the same time, like, sometimes as you meet with somebody else, I feel like not that you're, like, a completely different person with them, but, like, different sides of you, different mm-hmm. palettes of you, like, come, like, kind of come to the surface. So yeah. you almost interact with them in some ways that's a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, yeah, there's couples privilege because there's history, but you could say also there's a couple's disprivilege because you also have all this history <clears throat> baggage too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because yeah. we, like, we were talking to a, a couple that we know, and they recently said, like, they're starting to get into polyamory, mm-hmm. but they're currently not having that much sex themselves. 
mm-hmm. and they're concerned that like once they both get into like new relationships they're gonna have a lot of sex with other people and not with each other and that will cause like I, I've, I, I, personally experience, it's the opposite i feel like once you like start moving in some connection you actually become like a lot more like horny i that's uh, like, what i've experienced and personally. and and part of it is because yeah. like i think you know because of that couple's privilege that baggage that you have like you get stuck in these like routines routines and stuff like uh, i think it was you know um dan savage was calling like maintenance sex like mm. you're doing sex just for like but not really like getting into it like i think as you open up what you see is you know ideally what you should see is like also see a lot more intentionality with the partner that you're opening up with and at the same time as you go on on more dates and try to explore other connections you realize that the world is filled with Oh, for sure. (laughs) Idiots, immature adults or like kids in adults' bodies. It makes you even more appreciative of the relationship. The people that are in your life. Yeah. 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 I've definitely found that. Um, It's weird too because you you were – how old were you when you and Ali met? 25. So you were were an adult at that point. You had dated other people, right? Yeah. Podcast God and I started dating in high school. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're still together. So we really had not gotten experience at all dating mm-hmm. as adults. Yeah. Um, until recently, until we really fully. Isn't it fun? It's, Isn't it great? It's weird, <laughs> yo. It's weird. So, I mean, outside of just figuring out that some people are assholes, it's I'm still in the process of figuring out what kind of person do I want a relationship with? What kind yeah. of relationship do I want? What kind of partners, you know, am I okay with? Just in terms of, you know, relationship structure and everything. Um, so that adds a whole other layer. It's, it's weird when you don't know. I mean, I had my first few breakups this year. <laughs> no, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Wait, <laughs> are these like your first ever breakups? I mean, I had a couple of high school boyfriends, but I don't, eh, they it was like <laughs> three, four month long relationships. You're like, <laughs> yeah. In high school. <laughs> and I was a virgin. So <laughs> that was not, uh, you weren't losing out on much. <laughs> Right, right. So yeah, it's been weird this year because I've gone through the whole the full cycle yeah. of like having multiple partners, losing those partners, you know, having full relationships, losing those relationships, figuring out how to balance the time by our calendar or our planner <laughs> and <Both>. our calendar. <laughs> um yeah. I don't remember how I was gonna connect that to your thought, but it was connected. It's all connected. Couples privilege experience. Yeah. Um so have you come out to your family, friends, extended family, coworkers? coworkers. What level of out are you? Um, yes to all the above and no to all the above at the same time. Depends like how you qualify. Like definitely some coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like I work for a tech company based out of San Francisco. You know, a lot of people burners and stuff. So like it's you know it's it's very somewhat common. Mm. So a couple of coworkers, no, I've actually come out to. Someone directly, um, Allison's come out to some of my coworkers, and, so, and it's fine. We we have this rule like, we if it comes out naturally in a conversation, mm-hmm. we don't shy away from it. We just we just share. Yeah. In terms would, of like, would you bring another partner to like a company holiday party? Uh, my company? Yeah, yeah, I would totally. Yes, like I wouldn't doubt it. Like it wouldn't be. I don't think it would be like that. Yeah, I've been, I've talked to a few friends based in like San Francisco and Vancouver, and they're like, yeah, Polly's still like normalized here. Mm-hmm. which is wild coming from yeah i don't yeah. know if I, if I, would, I don't think it's i, I don't know if i could see that happening in atlanta not not well, with a lot of people that's another hypothetical like whenever like 
the places that we might go out for a date and stuff is like places where we might be seen by a neighbor that's and stuff. true so kind of like um that's true you know just i don't want to say like have a plan of like what's going to happen but also not not not, not to mm-hmm. be disrespectful yeah and you know um and yeah no it's funny i <laughs> the partner that all my partners wanted me to break up with yeah uh came over a couple times late at night here and i guess the neighbors saw mm-hmm. um and then so my neighbors brought that up no oh, okay and uh we're wondering why <laughs> they were like uh that didn't look like your husband right they're like <laughs> that was not your spouse and i said oh you know it was probably your cat sitter no it was definitely a guy and you were definitely making out <laughs> <laughs> there you go you're just like and at that ah! point you just have to be like well yeah this is this is how it is this is how i live my life take it or leave it so and then going back to like family um uh, we've definitely come out to like some of Allison's family. Mm-hmm. We were outed <laughs> to some of Allison's family, mm-hmm. which is a little Oof. bit complicated because like yeah. we lose the narrative and then like they already have yeah. these biases and stuff, but they're like, then oh, we have to reach out and be like, Hey, we're other. like, this is where we are. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like we're not afraid to talk about it. Right. We're not having um, affairs. Nobody yeah. is on I, under duress. I've not come out to my parents. Um, and, or like my sister probably is like the strong Latino culture. And honestly, I think like, um, Allison might be a little bit slut shamed for it, like, yeah. or, oh, yeah. or more importantly, she like they would. might think, like you know, um, that she's taking advantage of me. So mm. the plan is not saying that we're never going to come out, but more like thinking like a long term plan. Because one thing that we've seen is that as we become more entrenched in poly, like our relationship is a lot better, and mm-hmm. people see that. People just see like how like I don't know, there's just this What's your between us with us. <laughs> And yeah, they're, they're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like you guys seem to be doing so well. Like mm-hmm. what they ask, like, yeah, what's your secret? Well, we're improving <laughs> our communication. We're having a lot more time intimately. Mm-hmm. We're connecting on several, you know, levels and stuff. So they're seeing the benefits of that. Yeah. So, you know, the point is like maybe, I don't know, like five years from now, I'll be like, hey, we're poly. But instead of saying like, oh, what made you decide that? It's like, no. And we've been poly for like oh, X wow. number of years. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, hopefully yeah. unrefutable or less refutable right. by that point. And we're still happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're still going strong. Yeah. What happens if there's a breakup with one of your other or partners? Or like conflicts. With- and do you want to discuss the current situation some? I mean, I'll just discuss it more vaguely. It's, we talk about it, like we're support, right? Like I have a hard time understanding people who practice, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Because mm. like, you know, even if, for example, like Allison goes through a breakup or is having a hard time, even if it doesn't share anything, like it's, I can see it. I, yeah. I can pick up on that change of energy. I can pick up like on the way she's handling herself, like, or carries herself and, and everything. And, um, you know, I'm there to support her. Uh, at the same time, <laughs> I'm also there to make sure like, was it me? Did I, did I screw up? Like, yeah. I, I want to make sure like, you know, if there's no communication, like, I think that's a very natural approach mm-hmm. of like if you know if one of your partners is upset and you know that they're upset and they're not communicating well with you it's like oh crap like wh- what did i do like mm. what did i do wrong um but at the same time um I, I i think that because we are there to support each other one thing that also helps us be a better support for that other person is like you know just being aware of like how they're mm. dating any hiccups that they have and just having like the level of transparency, you know, almost like like a best friend or best girlfriend mm-hmm. would be one of the stereotypical approach. Um, so you can jump in and already have somewhat of a context to know what's going mm-hmm. on instead of like, okay, 
for me to help you, I need you essentially summarize in one hour what's been happening. You know, like yeah. that just takes a lot, a lot sure. of time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are your feelings currently about, you said there were, there've been some things happening. There's been, yeah. Um, it, it's hard. Relationship get, anarchy. As much with relationship anarchy, like we try to stress, like each relationship is independent of each other. Like mm-hmm. I can understand that in terms of structure, but it's not independent of like feelings what? or like yeah. how other partners are working. There's other things spill over to it. But at the same time, like, you know, that happens in the bad times, but at the same time, it happens in the good times. Mm-hmm. Like if your partner's like, you know, experiences NRE, having a blast connecting with their new partner or like they're in a really sweet spot with mm-hmm. this other partner. Like, well, you know. Define NRE for the people oh, that sorry, don't know. New, new relationship energy. energy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this giddiness, excitement. Um, about you know, a new person. About a new person. Honeymoon so, period. It is. Honeymoon period. You're also a lot more forgiving. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, stuff that uh, that the partner might do might be very you know, sweet and like, um, I don't know, like cute. But if I were to do the same thing, maybe not so much because That'd I already be have a history. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's what like the, the mm-hmm. NRE is. So in terms of support, like, yeah, like, I mean, being poly, having these other people in our lives too, you know, we're not shy about having difficult conversations mm-hmm. or shy from like having, you know, some of these negative feelings. Mm-hmm. Like I hate, profiles that says like oh looking for connections no drama i'm like then you don't want to meet anybody because right. like everybody's gonna have some sort of like drama or conflict yeah. or whatever like it, or like you're not willing to do the emotional emotional work that comes mm-hmm. from it how much information is too much information like when does it get to the point where it's like oh my partner's just complaining all the time about this one person well i think Shout out to Podcast God. Podcast God has heard a lot of shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so to frame it from my perspective to like actually kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come on no, screen? it's just like really, is there a point where the support gets too much for your bandwidth? I, I think that's a, that is a fair point because we honestly. We say his question into the mic. Podcast <laughs> God says. Um, no, basically at what point or what happens if you get to past your bandwidth for being able to support your partner? And how's that happen? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's very, like, understandable. I think it happens. I mean, even even as you try to, like, find comfort or try to, like, unload on your partner, mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes they may not have the bandwidth to take it in or to be mm-hmm. supportive. And, like, that's fair. But also, isn't that the beauty of being poly? Like, hopefully you have other support groups to take, yeah, you know, to, to leverage on and stuff. Um, you know, how much is sharing too much? I think it varies by case by case. Like some days you might have a lot of bandwidth if you're not sleep deprived. Others, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. you had like this amazing kink scene the night before and you're like riding this high and like you can probably take all this negative news and it won't like mm-hmm. affect you. Um, yeah, so it really depends on, mm-hmm. on the person. But I do have to say though, like when it comes to sharing, I, I think that one thing that we try to do is like, not just share the bad stuff because, you know, I'm essentially creating this mental image of my partner's partners based mm-hmm. on what they're sharing. But mm-hmm. if the, all, the only thing they share is something negative, mm-hmm. then like... <laughs> of course you uh, think they're a shitty ass person. Exactly. Right. So like also share some of those, <laughs> like share some of those wins, you know, like it's like, like it, oh, this is like a, a 3D character, mm-hmm. like... Like in a book, like you don't want to just like all the yeah. all the negative aspects to it. Yeah, it it sort of like I think falls under like what you were here from like 
friends when you're monogamous when they're yeah. dating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're like oh my my like boyfriend's so shitty he does xyz and you hear that daily mm-hmm. and then you're like and then why they're like I'm, why are you with him yeah. right and then they're frustrated that you're not listening to them anymore because your mm-hmm. only advice is like yeah. break or up when with you him. meet them in person you're like why aren't you a lot more friendly well, <laughs> you're you're not a long a horrible list of, demon. <laughs> of stuff that i like have can, both to pick yeah. Up yeah i feel like the line is almost sort of like divulge enough where you're not poisoning your like matters against each other yeah mm-hmm. but also if you do reach a bandwidth that you can't support speak up yeah because at the same yeah. time like at that point advocate for you, yourself yeah yeah be like, I love you, but like, you need to find someone else to talk to. Yeah. yeah exactly. About this. I'm tapping out. Which I experienced with podcast guys. Enemies to lovers. So, this last part of this episode, we had a bit of technical difficulties. For some reason, our mics did not catch the audio recording. So, this is going to be taken from one of the video cameras we use. The audio is not ideal, but. It's an important topic, and honestly, it's kind of poetic, you know? Shitty situation, shitty audio. Anyways, let's jump into it. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to bring up, because I think this is just an important topic that is taboo still for a lot of people, um, is what happens if there is an STD situation. STI, I guess is the best now. So, at one point, <laughs> Steve and I had a situation, and you called me. This, yeah. this was the first time I'd ever experienced that too. Oh, that's why this is relevant. Okay. Yeah, personal. Yeah, I'm so confused. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> give you contact. Um, I think you did a really good job of like. Oh yeah, that was not- one of the hardest conversations ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were so not awkward about it. You were just like, "Hey, this is the situation. You might want to get tested." You know. No. What was going through your mind when that whole thing happened? When that whole thing happened. Um, I was like, honestly, I wanted to figure out like where I got what it is, where where I got from, and I yeah. thought I was kind of hoping like that you, I got it from you. I have the answer of like where this came from. I found the from. source. <laughs> I found the source. I found the right patient's serum. It was serum. not me. It was not. Very <laughs> So give a little bit more yeah. background. It was like I want to say it was mid-May. Also, like I like. I, I'm like very trimmed, shave a lot, uh, very groomed, a lot of manscaping and stuff. And uh, I was like, obviously manscaping myself. So like, I was like a lot of like, almost like, this see like pimples, almost like ingrown hairs in my pubic region. I'm like, this looks a little bit odd. Mm. So like I was, you know, due for my almost quarterly, you know, uh, panel test. So like mm. I went and did that and, and asked the doctor, like, hey, can we look at this? Like, this seems like, odd like I'm not exactly sure what it is and um obviously they tested for like all things a lot of things like I mean that specifically they like could it be herpes and stuff that took a swab Mm -hmm. that came back negative and everything uh and then my doctor got like a second opinion and said like oh no that's clearly molluscum contagiosa I don't know like how you asking me (laughs) molluscum yeah and then I'm like Okay, that's odd. I've never really heard of it. It's not part of like the panel or anything. Right. So I had to like do my own research to figure out exactly where it was happening from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So as I'm like <laughs> doing like doing this whole stuff, like I'm like, oh, this can like last forever. Like it lasts a couple, Ooh. no, not forever. Like yeah. you know, a couple months, like several years. It can you know pass on from skin to 
skin contact, sometimes through water or sometimes like through like like a towel or something like that. And I was like kind of like backtrack of like, okay, if I'm showing signs now, when did I get it? And um, the more I remember, like as I was, you know, googling for this, also like a lot of pictures came up of like like little kids. It's very common in like daycares. And yeah, areas. it's not considered an STI, right? Only if you're an adult. <laughs> That's the yeah. Only if you're an adult. Um, so like like you know, I thought like maybe like my daughter had given it to me, but she mm -hmm. like my, my kids are very asymptomatic to a lot of things, and I say this because like. They barely get sick, and then like I am like bedridden with mm -hmm. whatever like they bring back home from from daycare. Mm -hmm. So like I at that point I didn't rule it out. Like there had been no communication from the daycare that yeah. it came from. So I was like, you know, backtracking, figuring out like okay, it takes four. Six How much time more have I been? It's not something that, that seems like that's super, like, super obvious, mm -hmm. you know. So we got that, Paco. And, and, yeah, and, like, yeah. you know, like, I want to, especially if it's something that, you know, like, uh, your normal test panels, mm -hmm. you don't even test it for. Yeah. Then, like, it can go really, like, under, under the radar. Yeah, and one reason I wanted to bring it up is because <clears throat> I think in general in the kink and polyam communities, people are just better about not being weird about it and discussing honestly, you know, if there are STI um, situations or risks because just in general there are a lot of taboos that, I mean you're already breaking down societal expectations being polyam, right? And being so that is all we got of that super important conversation about STIs and what can happen and how things can come up that you've never even heard of before. Uh, and then it got cut off, so we didn't get the last couple of minutes of audio, but I basically just went into how people that are polyam or in the kink scene um, or just in any space that's outside of quote-unquote regular societal expectations, a lot of the times are just better at talking about things like STDs and things that are more taboo and just being more honest and straightforward because we're just not as scared of it. So um, yeah, just something to think about. That being said, thank you for bearing with me. Stay tuned for a few bloopers. Don't forget to check out our merch. And tune in next week for episode 8. And now, I bring you bloopers from Steve, Alex, and Shay. We were enemies. Enemies to lovers. Should we mention our cat shirts or should we just let people see No tangents. <laughs> Damn. Okay, Steve. Text loopholes. We've yep. all been there. Have we? We are. If you haven't, Have you we? should. Hot mics. Have we actually Flippers. acknowledged on the podcast that we're fucking? I don't know if we have. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we sure. fuck. <laughs> That was like episode one. Isn't that the whole name from like Enemies to Lovers? That's true. Isn't that it implied? Enemies to Lovers, everyone. You said we had sex at Frolicon. You heard it here. Anyways, <laughs> we fuck. We're legit. We're first. legit. We're authentic. Follow us.
Have you started the recording? Yeah. Okay. Mark Don't question the podcast God. Oh my God. This is outside your realm. Hey now. Know hey your now, place. Now. Stay in your lane. You're supposed to side with the co-host. <laughs> I get vitamin D. And vitamin uh, S too, I think. S? Shay? <laughs> I mean, technically that would be vitamin P. P? Her pussy. Oh, vitamin so V? Vitamin V? Vitamin v? Yeah, yeah, see, that's why I went well, with S. Well, it's not just S. vagina, though. It's the whole experience. Well, the vulva also starts with a V.